Hello, Marlins fans, and welcome to another episode of Marlins 9. I'm your host, Jeremiah Geiger, and wow, it is great to be back on the pod and super exciting right now to be a Marlins fan. Miami Marlins just took three a three-game series. They won two out of three against the Cleveland Guardians. A bit of a funky series, um, postponed of rain because of rain on Friday, so they played a doubleheader Saturday, and then the last game was today. Took both games of the doubleheader, and getting right into it, this is something that it may seem small to outsiders looking in, but as a Marlins fan, to go out and win back-to-back games 45 minutes apart with the situation of, of pitching that they had. Um, of course, Sandy Alcantara did not pitch in the Cleveland series. He had a bit of a biceps bicep strain, I believe it was, from the report, and it got pushed back into this upcoming week series at Atlanta. So he did not pitch at all during this series. And Devin Smeltzer, uh, a new Marlin, was thrust into action in the first game of the series and did well. He pitched well. He pitched efficiently enough, and the Marlins got the win, 6-1. to one. The, the, the bats came through, and it was, a, it was a nice win for us fans, a lot of fans, I'm sure, did not expect to win that game, given Smeltzer's struggles um, just the other day against against San Francisco, in fact. So for the Marlins to go out there, throw in an opener, and and get the W, that was that was a great win. But what really was impressive and what really um you know was encouraging for the fan base is that the Marlins went out there for game two of the doubleheader, and they didn't let up. Um, Braxton Garrett took the ball for game two, and, you know, he pitched well. He pitched well. It was not a – it wasn't a flashy outing. Um, but Braxton Garrett is, some, is someone that I think is crucially underrated for this – brutally underrated for this Marlins team. Um you know, the last few years, Braxton wasn't really given that um, the hype uh, of being a top prospect. Uh, former first-round pick, kind of had Tommy John surgery. It kind of derailed his career, if you will. But he has come in since the injury for to Johnny Cueto and really pitched well. And he did so again yesterday versus the Guardians. And it's something that I think Brax should really get some credit for, um, for the way he comes in and gives this team quality starts. Again, five and two-thirds of an inning, only one earned run. Didn't strike out a lot, but he gets the job done. He limits damage. That's a really good start for Braxton Garrett. And I think at this point, it's safe to say um, he should be a staple in the Marlins rotation going forward. I think he's proven that to the the front office and the fan base. Um it was a three to two win in the second game of this doubleheader. And the hero uh offensively is Garrett Hampson. Um 
coming in, he had two hits, a double, uh, knocked in two RBIs, scored a run, and it was a gritty team-based win. The bullpen came in, and Floro and AJ Puck, the the two-headed monster there. Floro gets the save, or Puck, I should say, gets the save. Floro sets him up. Um, all in all, watching the end of that game, it was just a great team win. You got guys who not necessarily going into the season you would expect to be the the um you know the star of the game and I'm not sure you would you would say this game had a star but you had guys come in clutch and to take both games of the twin bill and to win yet another series is something that really shouldn't be um overlooked that the this Cleveland series win is actually the fourth series win in a row, dating back to the Phillies series, uh, where Luis Arias hit his hit for the cycle. Um, now the Marlins have won four series in a row since April 10th, and they're heading into a game, a series, a four-game set against the Braves, um, which is absolutely huge, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. But for now. I want to focus on the here and now and and just how important it is to notice that the Marlin what the Marlins are doing four series wins in a row the only series they've lost is to the Mets um a very good baseball team but they've won series against the Twins the Phillies the Diamondbacks the Giants and now the Guardians although they dropped the <clears throat> They dropped the final game today. Still, five series wins, um, two series losses to start the year. That's encouraging. That is really encouraging. And it's done, um, it's been done while battling injuries, right? The Marlins have suffered some some rotation depth issues. Um, injuries to guys Johnny Cueto, guys like Trevor Rogers, who's now on the 15-day disabled I- injured list. And the Marlins are pushing through offensively. Going back to the game yesterday, um, the 3-2 to two win, Garrett Hampson, I mentioned him, and uh, I tweeted out earlier for any topics or any suggestions, all, all were welcome on Twitter for me to talk about during this podcast. And shout out to Just Marlins um, for suggesting Garrett ha- Hampson. And my thoughts on Garrett Hampson. And this is a guy, right, who going into the season, um, I don't think was really on anybody's radar for contributing in a major in a major part to the Marlins offensively, to the Marlins defensively, whether that's playing in the infield like he's been playing shortstop. Um, I think I think most people assumed that. If there was an injury to go down, then you would have Jose Iglesias um, replace Joey Wendell at shortstop for the, you know, for that time. At least that was my mentality. Is that even going into the season, you could have a guy like Jose Iglesias who can hit lefties 
come in and platoon even with Joey Wendell. And so when Garrett Hampson was called up and before the Arizona series um, was put into the lineup, there was a bit of a draw, a pushback from Marlins fans. Like, why is Garrett Hampson in the lineup? Um, the, the guy can't hit. He's a nobody. He's a scrub. And I have to say, you know, I'm not innocent of that. I, I believe on the last podcast, even I, I was criticizing the lineup decision um, and, and seeing Garrett Hampson in there, I was like, well, this, this looks like a bit of a weak, um, hitting lineup. And the Marlins actually ended up winning that game against the Diamondbacks and Garrett Hampson, very limited, um, you know, stats so far in a, so he's only had 11 games, but I like him. I like him a lot. He's a gritty player. He He's got um, good gap power. We've seen him. We've seen him with a, a home run. We've seen him double um, against Cleveland the other day. Uh, he's coming clutch for this Marlins team, and it's that mentality. It's that gritty underdog mentality that these Marlins, I think, have to adopt moving forward. Because you're not the Mets. You're not the Braves, right? Um people around major league baseball are still doubting you some of your own fans are still doubting you and if the marlins can adopt this mentality of we don't care what anybody else says we're just going to go out and play baseball that i think is the best thing that this team can do because you don't have the pressure on you like the braves do you don't have the pressure like the Mets do when you look at an overall major league baseball from an overall standpoint, right? No one, no one is expecting the Marlins to go out and win the world series this year. No one is expecting them to even make a playoff run this year. When you look at all the league uh, pundits and analysts and they're winning games, you know, this team is winning games. Um, and at the end of the day, you can look at all the stats you want. Um, you can look at you know prospect ratings and and whatnot. But if you're winning games, that's what matters. Garrett Hampson wasn't on my radar to start the year. He is now. He's coming clutch for this team. Um, he's earned the right and uh, to to be in this lineup. He's earned that 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 spot to consistent to get more at bats to consistently have an opportunity to swing the bat and be in the lineup and until someone comes up and and tells and proves otherwise and until he proves otherwise then you know let's just let's just enjoy the ride here um this team is not going to be flashy right offensively there's still room to be done. The the team, you know, I 12 and 10, they're 29th in runs scored. They've only scored 72 72 runs in 22 games. But when you when you look a little deeper into it, you can see um they're hitting 250. They're putting the bat on the ball. That 250 average is 12th in major league baseball. That tells me that you're 
that you're really lacking for that timely hit and a lot of people left on base, that's got to be eliminated. Runners in scoring position, average when runners are in scoring position, it's got to be something that the Marlins improve on if they're going to continue um, this success. Huge series in Atlanta. That's going to tell us that um, against really good pitchers. Spencer Strider, uh, one of the you know really dominant pitchers, young pitchers in today's league. And if you play MLB The Show, he's really freaking hard to hit against on the show too. Uh, me and my brother were playing MLB The Show and could not hit Spencer Strider in, in a video game, and I hope it's not the same way that the Marlins perform against him tomorrow because it would be pretty dreadful. But going back to, you know, this mentality of where the Marlins have to be is that there is a lot to work on, and the Marlins know that. But if you can continue to win games, no matter no matter what injuries you're dealing with, no matter who's in the starting lineup, whether you got Luis Arias hitting for the cycle or Garrett Hampson knocking in two of the three runs you score in a ball game, I'm going to take it. As a diehard Marlins fan, I am going to take it no matter which way. I I just want to see this team win ball games. That's all I want to see. And and so far this season, I've been I've been pretty happy. You know, I've been pretty happy. A lot to work on moving forward offensively, but a lot to be to be grateful for that we've seen guys come in um pinch hitting, skip Schumacher making some awesome decisions, calling up a pinch hitter and and having um you know home runs come from that in a, in a pinch hit situation Jorge Soler a big uh pinch hit home run the other day i mean skip schumacher credit to him for managing the bench and managing the bullpen and i talk a lot about the bullpen and you're going to hear me continue to talk about it because this bullpen is absolutely dominant right now they are clicking on all cylinders guys aj puck and dylan floro are, you know, right now, one of the best one-two punch combos in the league, in, in Major League Baseball, in, in, you know, regardless of uh, National League, American League, they're, they're lethal right now. A.J. Puck has settled into the closer's role and is absolutely shoving. Dylan Floro, absolutely shoving. Um, I saw on Twitter that Dylan Floro actually has pitched a I don't know how you would term this, but it's a no-hitter without it being a no-hitter. That he's gone through um, nine innings worth of baseball without giving up a hit. And that's just incredible. Dylan Floro, you know, eighth inning. A.J. Puck, ninth inning. You got guys like Matt Barnes, Tanner Scott. I mean, these are power arms. These are arms that the Marlins can can rely on when when given a one-run lead. And we've seen that, and they've proven it because the Marlins are 6-0 in one-run games. And that's something we're not used to. Last year, the Marlins are, were terrible in one-run games. 
It felt like any time the score was tied or the Marlins were leading by one, the other team was going to break through in the eighth or ninth inning and walk it off. And, you know, a prime example of that that just comes to mind is Mother's Day of last season against San Diego, former Miami Marlin, Jorge Alfaro, with the big walk-off home run, sends San Diego into a frenzy, and Miami blew the game, you know, one run lost. And that is something that I don't feel going into the ninth inning scared about anymore. I have confidence in these guys. I have confidence that puck is going to go in there and shut the door and just slam it, slam it shut. Um, Since April 11th, this bullpen has been absolutely lights out. You know, four straight series wins. Something to be really happy about as a Marlins fan, something to enjoy as a Marlins fan. Not everything about being a fan. Um, We're going to go off a little bit off topic here. But when the journey of being a sports fan, you know, you're you're walking down the path and the ultimate goal is the top of the mountain and that's for every team that's where the trophy is you want to go down the path of your sports fandom and you want to keep going until you reach the summit until you are the best of the best and you're world champions and that is that's the goal for every fan but when you're when you're going along the path you can't you can't ignore what's the what the scenery is around you you can't ignore what's happening in in mid-april of a 162 game season right the summit of the mountain we're not going to find out who gets there until october november even but that's not what being a fan's about we have to enjoy we have to savor these moments we have to talk about these moments discuss these moments the Marlins have won four series in a row like that's awesome that's something that you know for historically a historically uh suffering franchise uh especially the last few years that's something to be happy about this early to be uh in a position where you can even think about you know contention there's some teams that can't even think about contention the Oakland A's, like, I mean, when you're three and eighteen, it's it's hard to think about contention. But the Marlins are twelve and ten. Let's look at the good, and that's my point: is we have to, as Marlins fans, to take the good and savor it. You know, Sandy Alcantara won a Cy Young award. We have to savor that moment. It was a, it was a. It was a struggling season. It was a long season last year. But I'll never forget watching Sandy every fifth day and just being mesmerized at how great he was. It was it was incredible. Much like the year when Jean, uh, 2017, when Giancarlo Stanton um, made the run for 60 home runs, got to 59. It was, we didn't make the playoffs. There was no championship banner. But... To see Giancarlo make that that uh, chase at history and to watch all those mammoth home runs 
and enjoy every second of that um you know it's special and that's what fandom is about and that's why every single year I get up and I'm excited for this ball club I'm excited for this team you know I I still think the Marlins have um so much potential that that we haven't even seen yet Sandy Sandy Alcantara reigning Cy Young winner hasn't really pitched to the best of his ability yet he's he's struggled to be quite honest um you know we've seen we've seen guys not really get off on the right foot Gene Segura he's starting to turn it around like the rotation the rotation depth when Trevor Rogers comes back how is he going to be uh Jesus Luzardo we've seen him you know be really talented and then the last couple starts he's he's kind of slumped he hasn't pitched as deep into games as I'd like to see there's so many puzzle pieces that have yet to be completely put together for this team and I'm here for it all I'm here for it all and if you're listening to this podcast you probably are here for it all too you're you're on a journey my friends and you know big series against Atlanta and this, to me, is where we're going to really find out what the Marlins are made of. Because same old Marlins, the last three, four seasons, are probably going to go into Atlanta, and they're going to drop three out of four. Um, I don't want that to be the case. I want the Marlins to go into the series either split it or take three out of four, and who knows, maybe a sweep. I'd love for a sweep to happen. I'd be really excited if that happens. But the Marlins have got to go into this series and say to themselves, this is the biggest series of this month. This is the biggest series of our season right now. Because you can't go in there, drop three out of four, or get swept, and then start playing catch-up ball all over again. I want to see this team go in and beat the Braves. I want them to play to their best potential. I want to see this team hit. You know, even Avi Garcia today, we saw a home run, a uh, three-run homer in the loss to the Guardians. I want to see all facets, all facets of this team click. I want to see the bullpen be as dominant um, as they have been the last week and a half because this series is huge and a least rival. How are the Marlins going to stack up against a legit World Series contender, a legit postseason contender? And that's going to start tomorrow. That's going to start Monday. I'm excited for it. Um, I really don't like the Braves. I have some bad memories of the Marlins and the Braves, especially in Atlanta. Um and I'm sure you all too, you all have the, have those bad memories too. So let's get, let's get excited Marlins fans. Let's cheer on our team. This is our ball club, Miami Marlins. Let's go. Let's go. Big series. Don't underestimate the importance of baseball in April. Don't underestimate or take for granted what, where the Marlins are right now. They've won five series. They've lost two. Let's go out. Let's win six series. That's what the Marlins have to be thinking right now. 
Marlins, Marlins fans, thank you all for listening. I'll be back with another episode. I'm passionate about this team. I'm passionate about, you know, th- talking about this team. And let's go fish. <laughs>